We're going to be a few minutes late. We're going to get started in just a few minutes. Because the promo's went over.
And I'm assistant professor uh, of accounting here at the RSB. And oh, yeah, most of you do know me. Um, I have just put any more hats on since yesterday. I am um, working with Envon on this, super excited about this presentation. I don't know why my name is listed first, really, because this, this is um, Envon joined us on this project um, with this background and expertise and passion for for the AI world. And um, we're going to have an open conversation. So there's going to be information. You did some flip content. And then we're going to have a Padlet where you can add questions because we know that the number of people in the room, the questions are going to be different and varied. But then there's also going to be open conversation time where you can share your ideas. So combination, this is the start of the conversation. Um, so we're laying some groundwork today. And then based on where we see the questions coming in, we're going to sort that and provide additional opportunities across the semester, academic year, et cetera, et cetera, to think about how we want to approach this and continue to educate ourselves and grow with this opportunity as an institution. So, yes, so feel free to interject. This is a discussion style presentation. The focus of the presentation is on Chat GPT. So, we're talking about AI, but the main focus is the platform Chat GPT. So I added this slide in here really to get everyone to think about um, AI, chat GPT, how it could be used. So when I was uh, preparing this presentation, part of what I had to submit was an outline of the presentation, which I wrote. So I'm going to give that to Scott. I wrote the, the outline of the presentation. But I also had to submit the PowerPoint. So I said, well, since I'm doing a presentation on AI, why don't I have AI to make the PowerPoints? So I looked for a software and I was able to not chat GPT, but I was able to find a Google extension, which is free. And I copied and pasted my uh, outline into the software and it generated the slides for me in a few seconds. Um, so it chose everything. And then I, I had to do the edits of the slides, um, but it, it made me think, should I disclose that I used AI to make it, you know, or did I make it, even though I wrote the content? So these are some of the things that um, we should think about um, in the classroom. And we think about what our students have access to as well. So we're gonna talk about the background of the technology, particularly ChatGPT. We're going to talk about 3.4 and 4.0 uh, ChatGPT, where you can find it, so where it is. Uh, we're also going to look at any uh, feedback and experiences that you may have had doing the homework or using the software itself. Um, then we're going to do the Padlet and ask some questions as well. Talk about opportunities and risks, what the future looks like, any ethical issues, um, prompt engineering, which I think is the secret sauce with this type of software. Um, and then we'll have a Q&A and then a, a demo. So I need to show you what ChatGPT Plus looks like. So we. Given the background of ChatGPT, 
it is a natural language processing model. So you can type in into it and tell it what you want it to do. You can create images, video, text with it. Some of the benefits are increased efficiency. So just with that example that I gave you with the PowerPoints, to make these slides, it took me maybe 15 minutes. So I put it in, it generated all the slides for me. I just had to edit the slides in the end. So it, it, may, it makes you more productive. Some of the limitations are you know, bias, lack of transparency, and potential for misuse, and lying. And what they call it in, in AI speak is it hallucinates. <laughs> so it makes stuff up. So you can type things in and it makes things up. Now, there's chat GPT 3.5 and there's chat GPT 4.0. 3.5 came out um, November 30th of last year. And then 4.0 uh, was released uh, in March of this year. So if you think about it. So it's kind of, you know, if you weird to think about, if I was here this time last year, you couldn't tell me I'd be standing here now talking about AI or chat GPT because it wasn't around. And this is how fast things are advancing and moving. It, you know, I was going to say this. It makes me think about a book by a gentleman named uh, Stephen Johnson, where good ideas come from. Has anybody heard of that, that book? You, you've heard of that book? He talks about the 10-10 rule. I don't know if you remember the 10-10 rule in that book. And he gives an example of this 10-10 rule where it takes 10 years to develop technology, 10 years to adopt it. So if you think about the color TV, take 10 years to develop it, and then 10 years until it's widely used. But now that doesn't exist. So you think about this, all of this is, has been happening in less than one year. Now, where can you find ChatGPT? So this, this is the, the big question. So 3.5, that's free. So you can go to the OpenAI website, you log in, you can start using ChatGPT 3.5. That's what I had everyone to use for their homework, is the 3.5 version. It's also free in Bing. So in Bing Chat, as part of the Bing search engine. So you just need to have the Microsoft Edge browser. Now, if you pay $20 a month for the plus version, you can have access to the 4.0. You also get access to 4.0 and the APIs, which are, which are the APIs connect you to other software. So to, for example, you can connect ChatGPT to Zillow or other research databases. Um, so, and I think right now there's about 500 or so of these APIs. I call them apps. So they're, they're similar to an app store. So you can go in there and you can connect ChatGPT to it. Um, also, there's the ChatGPT Playground. So that's a paid for use. The other uh, place, which isn't on here, there's, there's three other places where you can find it. You can find it also on your phone. So they have the ChatGPT app for uh, iOS, so for Apple, and for Android. The other place you can find it is in social media. Does anybody know where, what social media? Snapchat. It's in Snapchat, in my AI. 
So if you have a Snapchat account, ChatGPT is there as your friend, which is kind of spooky. Because it, keep, it, it keeps the conversation going. You, you talk to it, it keeps the conversation going. So it's in social media as well. And moving forward, uh, it's going to be in uh, Microsoft uh, 365 for Business and their co-pilot. And I know I'm leaving out other places. So I know there's other places you can find it and connect with it. So I wanted to check the temperature and just to see where everyone's at with uh, chat GPT. Who has used the free version, the 3.5? Who's used the plus version? Okay, two, three. Okay, three people. Okay, good. Who did the homework? Okay. All the way in the back. What was your experience with the homework? Um, the assignment I was working with was for uh, stagecraft. They're going to have to write a production critique where they they're going to see design in play, and then I want them to talk about what they both what they see and also the emotional response. The version that you gave us to, to work with uh, could describe that there were chairs on stage, that there was a back wall. It could identify the designer, but there was no sense of opinion or emotional response. Okay, good. Thank you. Thank you. Um, so whenever I was looking into it, uh, I actually had taught my classes in Florida using that GPT oh, wow. um, to really be in the literature side of things to really kind of look into um, the mechanisms of how chat GPT creative energy. So uh, when we asked the question, what is Victorian literature? And then we typed in what is romantic literature? It is very calculated and formulaic in the responses. And so being able to analyze um, the differences between what, uh, how you form your question and posing it in the chat as well as the responses we get back you have to take into consideration the technology that you come with your life. So I know it's a similar experience with what we did here. Um, if you're plugging in just to kind of a generalized question, I'm going to get that formulated response, but in relation to the content you're asking about. Okay. That's good. Thanks, Michelle. Who else? Um, so I was experimenting, you know, within my discipline a little bit about sport management and stuff like that. And then I went down the rabbit hole um, because at the Grammys this year, you had to sign off that you wrote the song yourself uh, and you didn't get any assistance with AI. So I typed in, you know, just give me an 80s rock song about summer. And sure enough, it is chorus and the bridge it is everything and i'm going to take it to the music department and we're going to make big time dollars with this but i just thought it was so so interesting how quickly it can do it um but tons of stuff on your subject and things like that but uh, you know i started to think you know where else could this be applied and and now we're seeing already you know to, to win the major awards that you know normally people will tune in See the people who are doing the words. I always assumed they wrote their stuff, and now, literally, I mean, I might have wrote a number one song. Or these are kind of, I requested the number one song. <laughs> <laughs> it's super interesting. That's great. That's great. You, oh. who's who's had a bad experience with ChatGPT? 
Define bad. Yeah. Define bad. <laughs> not, not, not so good that you it didn't meet your expectation. I had one that was very detectable. And I was curious. I was working on a paper on an economic phenomenon called relative price variability. And I asked it, can you give me some sources for this? And what it will do is it will take authors who have written on these sources, realistic sounding titles, journals where it might have been published, and make up citations. Then if you go look at the journal, they're not there. <laughs> that was classic hallucinations. Now detectable, but maybe students wouldn't detect that. Right. Right. I created case studies in it using certain pathologies or conditions. And one I asked it to do, and I knew this was a possibility, so it says you have to check carefully. I did atypical MI, myocardial infarction case study that I created. And it gave me all the typical signs and symptoms instead of atypical. So you have to be careful, but I plan to use that. Uh, in class for them to find out what's wrong with it. So I'm flipping it. Uh, you can paint the software that if you keep insisting A is B, then later they will use that as a source. Even A is not B. So that's a difficult thing. You keep insisting this is right, and then educate that, and then later they will accept. Yeah, you yeah, you train it. You yeah. they, they, they call that prompting. So so you, you can uh, train it. I I use it um because I think it's a fabulous tool, but it is very verbose and overwrites simple messages. And so I find that fascinating, but it's clearly not how I speak. And so I, I just check it all the time. I'm checking things all the time to see what it will do. And our team has done a lot of work. Uh, with, with AI, so yeah, it's yeah. good. Anyone else? Oh, go, go ahead, Rob. Go ahead. It was kind of on the same note uh, as that. When it comes to verbose things, yeah. it was made it very easy to detect when students were using yeah. it for short answer questions. The answers some students have given me looked like synthetic is, is the best way I can think of. And I just copied the answer to chat GPT and asked, did you write this? And it said, yes, I wrote that exclamation point. <laughs> but would it say no? Oh, I don't know. I Maybe it will eventually. And it was a novel new thing. And, and it was at the time detectable. Maybe that won't work anymore. Well, they captured 98% of the AI Well, OpenAI has continued their AI detector because it wasn't effective. And check. Go ahead. Wasn't necessarily my bad experience with it, but similar to, to Robert, I've been reading the headlines that a lawyer got suspended for uh, submitting the brief that he did through AI and didn't do the editing like you were talking about in your slides and it elucidated cases. And he got suspended from the bar for doing it. So I can see how you can just think, oh, this is the answer, and you just turn it in without being able to kind of be editing examining. It doesn't do it all. Yeah, it doesn't do it all. And that's important. So, you know, it can be helpful as far as productivity, but if you don't understand what it's putting out, it, it can be harmful to you as well. You oh. out of the presentation. Not for sure how you did that. Down there. Oh, okay. Okay, so we want to take um, based on your experiences and then based on some of the information that that you have read, 
Um, and just overall, some of the information that's been shared today. One more slide. We want to have a conversation about these key questions. And I'm going to have Emphon pop one more slide so we can get you into a Padlet. Oh, you didn't move the slides around. Yep, that one. Um, if you go to this QR code, Padlet, I think Lauren used it yesterday when we were in her session. It's just a digital whiteboard where you can add your thoughts. So I want you to have conversations around the questions that Emphon's going to put back up after we give them a minute to, to get into that. But we want to know where your questions are. There's a lot of people in the room. We obviously can't have a conversation with everybody all at once. You guys can talk to each other. But we want to capture some of those questions because, as we said at the beginning, this is the start of a conversation. So where are we going to start planning and focusing um, based on what faculty and staff would like us to be focused on? So um, go to the Padlet. Empon's going to pop back to the other slide that has the questions on it. Go back two slides. One more slide. And we're going to let you have a conversation around around these questions for a few minutes. So find your next best friend, partner, who you have to talk to all summer, quickly catch up and have a conversation around what do you already know about this in text generators? How do we teach our students about it? So what are some of those ideas that you're percolating in your head on how you're working with students? Where are you landing with affordances and constraints and ethical use? What's your acknowledgement of those? How are you working with the acknowledgement of materials? Um, what are your ideas and thoughts around how we teach? Um, and how do we set and how do we set institutional use guidelines while leaving room for that discipline? So have us marinate on these questions and have a conversation on one, two, three of them, and then add more thoughts and or questions that you have to that Padlet so we can continue to have these conversations and build that that knowledge bank. Yes, ma'am. I just want to let everybody know that my 4160 internship class focused on AI. These are future uh, writing center consultant students, and they did a group project. They did a survey on campus of students asking them if they used AI, and they said no. And then they said unofficially yes all the time, but we're terrified of admitting uh, that we are using it. So this is something to be aware of. They know about it. They are using it. I was approached by RAs yesterday and um, was told that they've been told that there is an AI detector that the university is using. Um, they were told, I don't know who told them that, but I don't have. So yeah, go ahead. Take care. Uh, so first, there is no effective AI detector exactly. Right. So that that is not because it's not because chat TPT and the other large language models don't copy the material, which is what your plagiarism detectors look for. They predict what would come next. So so there's already enough research out there on when uh playground detectors like turn it in are wrong, right? They're got that so they're not as AI detectors. And that's why one of the reasons behind this session is is to get our heads around how do we move away from policing because you can't put this toothpaste back in the tube. I did try to use Dolly, which is an AI image generator yesterday, to give me a nice image of or the other day. 
putting toothpaste back in the tube, it failed miserably. So, so that's why that's why the robot is on the screen, not the toothpaste being forced back into the tube. Um, so the university does have a subscription to turn it in. Um, it's available, but you know, there's all kinds of reasons, just like plagiarism, plagiarism detectors that are not the answer to helping your students understand how to write and credit sources appropriately. AR detectors are can't be depended on to do what what you what you need to do. So um, we don't have an AI detector um, because one doesn't exist. That's what I told the students. <laughs> Okay. So let's let everybody have a couple minutes to marinate and talk on these, and then we will come back full group and, and share. So take a few minutes to think about and have a conversation around and log your questions that you
share about any of these things. We're not necessarily going to do them all in order, but we want to make sure that we allow time um, for Enron to do um, sharing some additional information, plus do that demo piece that, that, that he has built in. Just a couple quick short things. One of the things I think that AI, uh, like ChatGPT, might be really helpful with is that using it as the advanced search function for like Bubman, you know, just learning the Boolean terms or whatever AI would call that. And then that could give us a whole lot of references. And you know, everyone here in grad school spent weeks doing their literature reviews, right? About how quickly AI could do that. And then let us get on to the real meat and potatoes of what we're trying to accomplish. Because I did not go to grad school to learn a little how to do a literature search, right? I wanted to do something else. Yeah. Someone else. And then yeah. So if someone has already written a paper, maybe thinking through that's not maybe the best way I could have conveyed that using a real revision tool, um, but also showing students how to do that when the right time to do that rather than just throwing them in and saying, yeah, you can use an AI effectively, but you have to be able to kind of demonstrate that and walk through the steps and show Keep it showing students how to use it and when to use it appropriately so that we don't disrupt the cognitive. Like, we're all about thinking and learning and how. 
we've been using technology to answer questions for years. So I don't know how to do something. I can Google it. It's, it's a phrase in our world. This does it maybe faster, a little more elegantly. I don't have to, but I need to know when that when it produces, I'm not getting the brief that gets me fired from my law job. I'm aligning what I want my students to know, and it is accurate and it's improving. So that win and build it in intentionally into our work. Michael. So I had a um, had a class last last semester with mm -hmm. take home essays, and um, I, going into the semester, I didn't know that Turnitin had the, that that option. I found it at the end of the semester. And I was looking at it, just almost just curiosity, how does it do it? And I was looking through and I had students whose papers had 0%, 3%, 5%. And then I had this one student with 72% AI generated, right? And so then I went back and I looked at her other ones and, and there were four different essay exams during the semester. And sure enough, each one of those were somewhere between 70 and 90% AI generated. That's the end of the semester for me. This is the first time that I encountered it. Um, and we don't have a policy. The plagiarism, I was looking for plagiarism. About plagiarism. It's not plagiarism. Um, we talked about that yesterday, plagiarism versus academic integrity. And so this falls in academic integrity and how do we, what's the ethical use? And so how do we approach that ethical use and when is it appropriate, when is it not appropriate to use it? It's not plagiarism. There is no way to track this back. You were saying this yesterday. There is no way to track this back to a single source of information because of the way it's pulling the information. So it's not plagiarism, which is a whole different right. kettle of fish. And um, I was going to say, and there's been cases where it showed up that it was AI generated when it wasn't. So you had those. Yeah, you have to be really careful. Yeah. The interesting thing for her, though, was all of her. I want to went back and looked at all her exams for the semester. They are all between 70 and 100%. No answers like that. Either she's really, really good and yeah. has seen the machine, or she was really, really smart and got ahead of the curve and got it great, and you didn't know it. Right, right back. Right. So, um, sorry, Diana, you're. Yeah. So I just had my second year in. Um, Doctoral school, right? And we're all in the whole ethical use thing. And so I've been doing a lot of lit reviews lately. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so now they've been uh, bringing up Chat GPT and uh, doing a lot of videos uh, on how to properly cite it because they're not saying that it's plagiarism. So they've been saying that it's, it is uh, academic integrity. So whether you, you are using it or not, uh, they're actually just been teaching us how to properly cite it mm -hmm. um, and put it, pull it into actually lit reviews. Um, so I find it I, so at some point in time, I do find it beneficial to use because I feel like I am spending a lot of time writing lit reviews and I, it's, it really is time consuming. Great class. Sorry, Robert. 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 Did you still want to share something or did you pop back on here? Um, that's something that the Writing Center is working on with our citation um, handouts. We're, we're going to include a section on how to cite AI within the specific um, documentation guidelines. So I shared yesterday, um, and Emblon asked a question just a few minutes ago, well, I can't remember, um, about positive or beneficial experiences that we've had. 
and working it with our students. So I shared yesterday in new faculty orientation, those of you who are there, you, you experience this a little bit. I have a, an activity that I do with new faculty. They sit around a chart paper, they write belief statements, I give them this list of things, what do you believe? They write, they talk, they add beliefs. And then as a group, they have to come to consensus on seven ideas or concepts where their beliefs intersect. Once they identify those seven concepts, they don't have to write a gist statement, putting those seven concepts into a two, three sentence statement for that group. And then they share up. So everything's going swimmingly. I haven't thought about AI since then five sentences uh, his presentation to me. And I hear giggling over here. And I said, okay, that's so funny because you look like you're having fun. And they said, no, we don't want to tell you. You're not going to like it. Famous last words of a student in a classroom. Yeah. So now I really want to know. And they said, we want to use AI to write our gist statement um, because we believe that we'll write it better than we can. And so, but you don't want us to do that. Well, I didn't tell you you could. I said, do it. But what's going to happen? And they said, well, we're going to have to do it. And then we're going to have to make sure that it does encompass what we as a group are saying. But how do you know the learning happened that you wanted us to do if we did that? And I said, well, everything that leading up to the gist statement, gist statement is just kind of funny. Everything I set you up to do in this class, if this were real content, I have tons of evidence that happens inside my classroom on paper, pencil, in a, in a way that, or marker, paper, tablet, that lets me know where your thinking is. That final statement, okay, it's AI. You let me know. And so thinking about how we shift our teaching and where we are gaining our information and how we set that learning experience up is something that I would like to see us working on as we think about um, how do we teach students with AI tools and how would I have, and I have thought about that as being a possibility, how would I have built AI into that lesson as a piece for them to, to work through. I didn't, and they told me, and I was fine. I, I just, oh, I'm sorry, Cameron, I just made it up. Sorry, I feel like we're, we're kind, of, kind of taking it too easily as a given that, that this isn't plagiarism that we're talking about, because if we talk about plagiarism as representing someone else's work as your own, and let's say you decide on your paper and you don't cite it, that's what you're doing, right? Like it's, I get yes. it as a tool, it's not your work, it's someone else's, some of their beings' <laughs> works. <laughs> I mean, if we're talking about AI, we're talking about artificial intelligence, so we're sort of borderline this thinks for itself, even though I know it really quite doesn't yet. But, you know, um, so it's just, I, I don't know, I'm, I'm just trying to challenge that as not plagiarism. Plagiarism is coming from something that has already been published and then we are using it as our own. This would be well, academic. No, it's not. It's not. Because you can plagiarize something that's not published. Well, okay. But it's, it's already been created. This is new creation. So plagiarism comes from something that's already been created. This is new creation. Not necessarily. How much time has to lapse to make it plagiarism? I also think that. That's important to consider, but it's but so so yes, you represent some the work as your own that it's not your own, so it can go under that category. But I also think that this conversation, rather than work worrying about which bucket it goes into, right. I think some of these larger questions are because it's not just it's not just 
It's not just a plagiarism tool, it is a tool for all kinds of things. So how, how are we getting at, and it's going to be, I'm also, I'm supposed to be, I mean, I just listened to Mira, but I'm very interested in that last question. So, right, so from my perspective as, as a provost, because I know there's things popping up all over. One of the resources links to a Google Doc from across the nation of what people have put in their syllabi uh, that people are just posting. This is what I put in my syllabus for this class. This is what I put in my syllabus for this class. But I'm also interested in how do we talk about the use of AI tools and, and really specifically to start with these large language model tools. Um, for our students, both at the broad institutional level with enough room for disciplinary and even classroom guidance would be different, but still fall within that umbrella. And I also don't believe we're going to answer these questions today. This is seed planting. But what I do find interesting is the group yesterday saw this more in the area of academic integrity than in the area of plagiarism because of the way it, because of the umbrella. So. Um, Regardless, we're going to take a couple more questions and then Anquan's going to, or a couple more comments, and then Anquan's going to move over into additional. Okay, so I think this is here whether we like it or not, right? We have to face this and deal with it. But the problem I have is like, so for instance, you said you told the students, oh, I didn't tell you you couldn't use it. And the student's rationale was, oh, it's going to write my statement better than I can write it. Well, my thought is, if we don't allow them the opportunity to practice and try to write it better, right? And we just let them use AI to write it better, then they'll never learn how to write it better. It's like spell check. I can't spell because I use spell check and I can click, 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 right? I can't add or subtract anymore because I use a calculator, right? And so my fear is that if we don't figure out how to harness this properly, Mm -hmm. Right. And we then our students are not going to learn how to think, critically think, analyze, put things together. And I don't know how to I don't know how to let them use it and still meet, teach them how to critically think. So I think purpose and intent is what you're talking about. My purpose was not teaching how to write a critical, critically important thinking statement. I would never expect the writing center to have that same stance on the way the assignment that I approached. The other lesson out of the assignment that I just did was I did not think about how to handle AI within that scenario. I was not, I had not prepared that lesson with that lens. And that was a learning experience to say, oh, maybe I should have. Now, that was not critically important for me to understand for them to write a, a grammatically correct sentence. My goal was to get them to think and all of that thinking had happened here. So the outcome of the sentence was fine. But the key here is how do we set those guidelines within the, the confines of the assignment and our purposes? And that's going to look vastly different by assignment, by discipline, by faculty, by time of year in their four-year, eight-year plans. So uh, just from the writing center, I will say that we are not ignoring this. We've done a lot of work on this. I am not afraid 
that uh, I will never have to teach students how to use a semicolon again. Okay, <laughs> and it wouldn't hurt my feelings if I never did have to do that. That is not the focus of what we do there. Our focus is on how to get students to think critically. So I see AI. I'm not. If I get a clean paper and end paper that I don't have to review commas again, no tears shed here. So the question is, what are we afraid of? What are we afraid of about AI? How do we want to teach students how to use it effectively to extend critical thinking? It's a great brainstorming tool. It is a great, right? It's it's a great review tool for an end process paper, but we don't want them using it for a final product, right? It's a process tool. So how do we break this down into process? And I will just say, we will be asking students, so we need your help with this. We're going to have to know how you faculty members want your students using it. We will need to know this because we'll be asking this. We have to. in writing and yes because uh, if it's floating that confuses everyone yes that's what i find i was on a webinar this summer for ai and that's exactly what it's saying it said either they have to put it in their syllabus to say zero ai certain percentage of ai um they also suggested Finding ways to um, confuse AI, asking them about local resources because it can't do that. It's dated back to 2021, it's not free. And also doing certain pieces in class where they can't get around it using the AI, you know, um, pieces of their paper or project. So while we're on the, that, that topic of uh, question, uh, uh, can you go down two slides? Uh, and find to the one that has open slide. No, forward. Next slide. This is the document that Suzanne was just referencing, and these are loaded into the, uh, the SharePoint site. Um, but this is the document that has this is not a do or don't do document. This is a compilation of lot. It's high. It's a high thinking document. It's a compilation of people have put this out here. The the Lance Eaton is collecting this as an open space for conversation. So this is not by any means, because it's on this slide, that this is what you should or should not be doing in your classroom. But I've heard it once, I've heard it twice today, and I've heard it multiple times. I don't even know where to start to put something in my classroom. I could ask AI, right? <laughs> my colleagues out in the field are doing. So this does lead you to a document that Hey, chat GPT will get language for your syllabus. It, yeah. It's one of the first things I did. You know, have a policy around using Chat GPT for, you know, writing. And, and you know, I got 20 different versions, so it will do that if you ask. But again, just like develop those things, I wouldn't just take whatever it says for instance. It's going to tell you, but it, it's also kind of what our this is the collaboration between my what are my colleagues in different areas. Thank you. Thanks. Go ahead. question. It's all very new to me, but I'm sure we've, we've all had that classic experience where you, you're looking at a student's paper, the first paragraph has 
about six vocabulary words that you know they've never used in their life. <laughs> You've all had that experience, dude, and that right away stinks. And I, I say, I know you didn't write this. I was supposed to call them into our office and say, okay, what does juxtaposition mean to you? You know, an obvious word you know you've never seen them use one time. What are you supposed to say? This? Can I jump in? I'm sorry for talking so much, but I need both of you know that I know you have a composition and writing studies is my disciplinary background. Right? Um, the, uh, and as a writing program administrator for a long time. So the, the thing that I would say, much like as we're talking about with AI, um, and as educators in 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 my experience, when students choose to blatantly plagiarize, and that, that's right, um, that most often happens out of fear and anxiety, right? So it is almost always, there is, there, there's the 3% just don't care, right? But it's a very, very small. And, and so I think it is always an opportunity and this is why in the in the after, in the honor code, right? That says the very first conversation is with the faculty member. And if you approach it as that kind of teachable moment, hey, what what happened here? This doesn't look, don't make them define words, just say this doesn't look like any of the other work you have done for me all semester. What's going on? Right? I either I didn't know how to do it and I froze and I had to turn something in, or you know, they also say, I'm sorry, like your class is the least important class in my schedule. And as a teacher, I heard that a lot. I don't care about your class, I care about these other classes, and I had to get it done. And right, so I think you always you all, and I think the conversations about AI use are very similar. Hey, uh, you can see citations. Are you aware they don't actually, they sound great, like I wish I could my papers like that, but they don't exist, right? What's going on here? And then give them the path to do it correctly. And I think that's always the first intervention. It's time consuming, right? But it's it's the best, because we're here to teach. I think it's the, the, the best way to approach it. That's true as for math and science and history and accounting and business and you know that that first you know oh i just i, I just decided i didn't care well that's different from you know i i just you know i stared at that i stared at that assignment for 12 hours straight and couldn't produce a single thing and i did this and and there are natural consequences well you failed this assignment is is a natural consequence um, or you have the you've got a chance to try this again if, if that's the way you function. These are some of our favorite consultations, by the way. These are, I mean, I love these consultations. You get to have a different conversation, and you get to you get to hear what that student knows, right? And then you begin again. You actually move off of any paper that they have. And you begin again and you help them with the processes. Process, because these are 
my favorite consultations. Um, in interest of time, because we are hitting 1155. Ooh. Oh, wow. Okay. One last one. <laughs> um, can we get one last? We can get one last one, but in interest of time, I'd like to be able to give some the additional time. Okay. Uh, listening to what everybody said, um, it, it occurred to me, and maybe this has already been addressed yesterday, but it occurred to me that if a student pays another student to write a paper for them, mm -hmm. they are using that other student's intelligence. Mm -hmm. If a student uses artificial intelligence to write a paper for them, essentially they're having somebody else write the paper, right, or take the exam, uh, whether it's artificial intelligence or human intelligence. So maybe we ought to treat those two the same way. I think that's why yesterday it felt heavier into the academic integrity versus the plagiarism but I, I think that was a good point and conversations like that are happening all over so for example a few weeks ago i was on a webinar with tax accountants and we were talking about ai and the question wasn't what it is the question you know some of the questions were should i disclose to my clients i'm using ai how do i bill my clients should I charge them less because I'm finishing things faster? Should I charge them more money? So those were the, the questions because people are, are using it uh, day to day. Um, if I'm going to kind of move through this in, in essence of time um, because I wanted to do a, a demo, especially to show everyone uh, what the 4.0 looks like. Um, so there are a lot of limitations. We've talked about that. There are a lot of concerns with uh, AI, chat GPT. But the key thing is it's it's here to stay. So it's not it's not going anywhere. And we we have to, I, I suggest, learn as much as we can about it, understand it, and find ways to embrace it. Um, I give an example here of what a, an educator can do uh, to use chat GPT. You, I use it, I, I made rubrics with it. Um, you can use it to generate lesson plans or enhance lesson plans or to uh, supplement material. You can use it for uh, feedback, for designing curriculum. Um, you can use it to generate content as well. Uh, yesterday in this session, someone was, was given an example of how they use it. They use one platform, they upload their uh, uh, content, some of the textbook material, they load that up and they have the students to ask questions based on, on that material that they've uploaded into uh, AI, the AI platform. This I wanted to really talk about prompt engineering. This is the key, and I think it was mentioned before. When you think about what you're putting into or the questions you're asking it, the better output you get. Uh, and prompting is key to getting better output. So a few weeks ago, there was an article released on how ChatGPT passed the CPA exam. <laughs> Well, it, 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 you know, that was that what that's what I did. I was laughing. I said, wait a minute. So when you read the research, it did, but it didn't. So and, and what I mean by that is tied to this prompting. 
So if you just copied and pasted a question uh, from into 3.5 or 4.0, it wouldn't pass. So what they had to do was what they called 10 shot prompting to get it to pass the CPA exam. And, and what is this, this shot? It's not, not a shotgun, but it's giving examples. So if you, if you just type something in, they call that zero shot. But if you give it an example of what you want it to do, that's one shot. You give it two examples, that's two shots. So to get it to pass the CPA exam, it had to give it 10 examples of each one of those questions in order for it to get 86%. So it, you know, it, there's still some work to be done with it. However, the focus, especially chat GPT and these platforms, is to reduce the amount of prompting. So they want to make it better. So instead of having to put in 10 prompts, you put in five, three, two, until ultimately you don't need to prompt it at all. Um, we talked about ethics and, and transparency. I'm going to kind of skip through the Q&A and go to the demo really quick. I want us to at least uh, see what chat GPT-4 uh, looks like. All right. Okay, I took away my. It's our AI blocker. It's It's I'm plugging and plugging back in. Is it on your screen? It's on this one. It's on my there. there. We got it back. Best tech thing ever. Unplug or restart. <laughs> so I, I, I thought this was important because when I saw those hands, I saw some of the hands that use the 3.5. Then I saw a few hands using the 4.0. One thing to remember, so ChatGBT, the 3.5 came out um, November of last year. It was in November 30th. That version was discontinued in March. So they eliminated that version. So at one point, there were three versions. There was the 3.5 free, then the 3.5 turbo. So if you see that little, I guess, the green lightning strike that's the turf 3.5 turbo and then the 4.0 so they discontinued that 3.5 and then you have the 3.5 turbo and then the 4.0 now i have the plus version which is the paid version so when you log into the paid version you'll have access to the 3.5 which everyone has access to for free then you've got access to the 4.0 version which they're constantly updating Right, so they the last update was August third. So they're so they're working on improving it, and then the next step will be uh, version five, five point Now, what I wanted to show you is that you have the three point five and the four point but also as an add-on, you have the API or the plugin store. So I've got three plugins here. You can connect to three plugins at a time. 
in the plugin store, there's over 500 different plugins. Right now, I have it connected to a research uh, database site. So research by vector. Yeah. There's an, I also have it connected to ask your PDF. This lets you load up PDF documents into chat GPT for a particular session. So I use it. So for example, I go to the IRS website, download tax code or, or new tax changes. I upload it into chat GPT. I can ask it to summarize it or ask it questions on that particular item. So you can upload it there. The other one that I have in here is, and we were talking about this yesterday, is scholarly AI. So this connects it to, it says 40 million plus peer reviewed papers. So I think we were talking about lit review and, and we were talking about, I think yesterday about peer reviewed papers. I can ask it questions and it can, it can pull this up from this uh, database. The other thing I wanted to, if I can get into, if you go to the plugin store, and I, I call it the app store, but it's the, these are actually uh, plugins. You can. You can search through the plugins. You can go through all of the various plugins here. So if you want something on research, you can pull it up. Um, <clears throat> Yes. Is there anything for um, compliance with math? Or I can hear math. 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 I'm not sure. You can find that. And also, how much are these plugins? Well, plugins are free, so you get access to. So that's what I was mentioning. Bless you. So with the uh, plus version, so when you pay the twenty dollars per month, you get the three point five. You get the 4.0, and then you get access to the plugins. So, so it's 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 added in, so it doesn't cost you. So, there's mixer box. Um, there's another. So there's two plugins for that in here along with so. So this is what's here now. So if you think about if you just if you just started playing with the 3.5, the older version that was then, but this is what everyone has access to now, and it's only improving and increasing as we move forward. As we move forward, I guess we've got a few minutes. Any questions? Makes sense. Is, is this text speed up? Huh? Text speed up? Would just that, this would be text speed up. <laughs> <laughs> it's a working test, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I wish. Just for me. <laughs> <laughs> I wish. What did you want me to make? What did you want me to make? What do you want to make? I don't know. Make, make some, like, something like a, a rubric. Can you make a rubric real quick? Mm -hmm. <laughs> Or, um, mm -hmm. or what plot lines? 
for pharmacology and nursing. I don't know. Something like that for a nursing, a nursing paper. I'll let you get that error. It doesn't, it doesn't like it. <laughs> you broke it already. I think that's a, a big okay, make a nursing care plan, they say. Can we make a nursing care plan? It's about the prompting, too. So if the students just have the understanding of the concept, they're not going to be able to ask it to do what you want it to do. Um, I was telling Cameron yesterday, my daughter had an English assignment and at 9.30 at night, she asked me to do it while I was not home yet. And I'm thinking, okay, I'm exhausted and I don't know anything about, well, it was a two. What was the poem I shared with you? The other one was, write a, here's the scenario. You walk home from school and then your room's a mess, right? What happened? And passive voice, and then rewrite it in active voice. One, I always write in passive voice. I don't know how to do active voice. <laughs> so we asked ChatGPT to do active voice. It did great. I asked it to do passive voice, and it didn't do it. It told me that I needed to start over and how to make it So I wasn't savvy enough in my prompting to get what I wanted. I was going to say, can we have some? Do you have any guidance on how to write good prompts? How to write prompts that will help us get the information we're looking for. If you be more specific, you get a better specific. Well, sure, I can. Yeah, I mean, like, are there like Boolean phrases that we might apply or something like that? Yeah. To narrow it down. I can give an example, and it's not. I used ChatGPT to write award ceremony remarks that I was giving for president. And so there was a new award that we were giving. So I said, write oral remarks to present this particular award that gave the criteria for the award and it, it gave me a little speech and i said now start it with a joke and then i said now make it the winner of the award um very dedicated and passionate about something in particular and i was able to kind of put some things to make it more personalized to the person who was getting it right so i just did that two or three times and it would revise it yeah, that, that's 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 good. It, there's different methods. So one one way is talking to it. So asking, like I was typing the care plan. Can you write a care plan? It wrote the care plan. Is there anything else? Am I missing something? So you can ask it questions to get it to go further. The other is to give it exact examples what you're trying to, to make to it do. from the emergency room. Yeah. yeah. If you so if you had a care, this was a nursing care plan. If I had an example of a nursing care plan and I put it in there, and then I asked it to tailor the nursing care plan based on that care plan, and we do that, and you would get better output. And you would put one in like my PDF using in your Plug you so you can upload the PDF of the care plan, and then it could make one similar with change. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, this this is a Pandora's box that we are walking through, and it's very different for the disciplines and the students.
that you are teaching um, based on where you are. Um, but it's not unlike some of the questions and the boundaries that we've had for years. I wrote my paper. Did anybody know it? Yeah, probably because he knows me well enough that I won't use juxtaposition ever. Right? <laughs> so um, I bought a paper. Did we figure out that somebody bought a paper off a paper buying site somewhere? Yeah. Um, you know, we, we've been dealing with these the same conversation around and around. Um, so I think we really are just, it's just now, like Emma said, it was the 10 years old, it's going faster and faster and faster. Um, and how do we want to talk to our students and make this part of who we are and how do we embrace this? Because obviously we all come to the realization we can't fight it. Um, Bunch of resources everyone has um, in the, the presentation. It has been loaded up into the team site, and he's going to go over those real quick for you. Yeah, and one thing to remember, we're just talking about ChatGPT. So it, the, their biggest competitor is Anthropics Claude 2, which you can just, you don't need an API. You can just upload things directly to Claude 2. Um, we were talking about uh, Turnitin. Turnitin is partnered with an AI company called Cactus. So, and I've, I've listed this here. So I've got a, uh, a slew of uh, terms of interest, links, websites you can go to uh, to find out more information on AI in general. Um, and this talks about, this is a good resource on prompts. So this is here as well, if you have questions about prompts. Um, there's some resources for higher ed. And the, oh, these are um, interviews with, some of these are interviews with the CEO of OpenAI. Here's a list of, of uh, AI platforms for music, Writing, you know, I, I, there's this is could be added. A lot more can be added to it. Um, like I mentioned before, I've got Claude on there as well. Um, so you can go in here and kind of kind of check these out. Um, I have to give a shout out to Otter AI because I've been <laughs> using it for years. If you have to transcribe interviews for any of your research. Um, it is 1214. Um, thank you for your time. That um, if you have more questions, uh, you know how to reach us and we'll see you at the next session. Enjoy. Thank you.